Hey guys, welcome to the Canada Settler, the podcast where we share real stories and real information about settling well in Canada. Today's guest is Eno Eka. She is a Nigerian lady who moved to Canada in 2018 and has managed to win multiple awards, start her own school, earn over six figures, and help other immigrants to uh, learn the skills that they need to be employable and to earn more money here in Canada. And so it's a very interesting conversation that we had and I hope you enjoy this session. Right. So let's get going. I am sitting here with a very beautiful Nigerian lady, Eno Eka, and um, welcome to the Canada Settler. Glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. Enor is a the founder of Business Analysis School. Yes. He's a career coach, a speaker, a content creator, a course instructor at the University of Manitoba. She's the founder of Any Consulting, the host of Fireside Chat with Enor. She's a volunteer at uh, Calgary Region, uh, Region Immigrant Employment Council. She sits at the board of IIBA, which is Institution of Business Analysts um, in, in Calgary chapter. She has over 15 awards and she is three years in Canada. Mm. My type of girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you have Thank this, you. Uh, you have this very imp- impressive profile that um, you yeah. work hard on. I see you work hard on it. This is the first time that we're connecting one-on-one, but yes. um, we're connected on social and I see you work hard every day to uh, push your brand and to create an impact for yourself. And that's why I invited you on uh, to this platform because on the Canada Settler, we celebrate um, immigrants who, you know, are living their best lives or making the best out of moving into uh, Canada and and, uh, living, at least striving to live an above average life. For sure. Yeah. So before we start, like, and go into everything, like I've given them a profile of, you know, everything that you've managed to achieve in Canada within three years of you being here. Um, I just want to go back a little to talk about, you know, when you arrived uh, to Canada, um, what prompted you to move and uh, how did you, to, how did you get the permission to move here? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, I moved to Canada in 2018. So it's three years now. Um, what prompted me to leave? Well, the truth is I'd always wanted to actually move to Canada. Um, you know, after my, um, my bachelor's, um, I actually tried coming to Canada as a student. Um, I applied to some schools. Um, you know, I didn't get in some, I got some admissions here and there. I was applying to schools to, you know, do a postgraduate, um, degree, a master's, um, um, trying to also get scholarships. Um, because at that time, um, I still had a younger one in school and, you know, my parents were still, you know, paying her fees. And so, and if they were going to sponsor me at that time, um, that it would have just been, you know, heavy financial burdens. I was also looking for scholarships as well, things like that. And I really just wanted, you know, Canada, uh, for some reason, I just liked it here. I liked how welcoming, 
um, the people were like that. It was, you know, an immigrant nation, you know, people, mm -hmm. the people here were, are, you know, majorly immigrants. If you're not, you know, indigenous, you're, you're an immigrant, right? If you're not indigenous, you're an immigrant. And, you know, um, you know, it was, it, it just seemed like a, a fertile ground. It didn't seem like, you know, every other place like the UK or the US where it was already densely populated with immigrants, especially black immigrants, right? Um, you know, then when we we're growing up was either, you know, the person was going to the UK or the US, US right? Yeah. So I just wanted that, you know, that different terrain, something always just drew me, you know, it's so, Canada is so diverse, you know, it's amazing. Um, I didn't get in at that time. So I just, you know, got a job and I just continued working. Um, but it just some, it just was somewhere in my subconscious that, you know, someday I will go to Canada. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. And a friend of mine, you know, told me about the um, express entry skilled worker program. And I'm like, are you sure this is like for real? Like, you mean there's actually like, I'm like, is it like visa lodge? He's like, no, you just apply, you know, if you're, if you're working, um, you have experience, you know, you prove that, you know, you went to school, you do the English test. I'm, I found it hard to believe. I'm like, are you sure it's not a scam and all of that? <laughs> I took my time to do my research. In fact, he would always call me and say, you know, you know, try this thing, you know, we're starting our application, you know, if people are getting it, it's working. I'm like, oh. he added me to a group and I saw it was real because there were people that already landed, people in the process, people sharing, oh, you know, I've gotten my PR today, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So I'm like, okay, it's real. So I started and I started the process, um, did everything that I needed to do, submitted applications, all of that, paid for my permanent residency application and just left it to God. And I just continued with my day-to-day -day activities at work. And then one day I got an email, you know, saying that, you know, my application had been approved and I should send my passport for my visa. Passport came back. I saw the visa, it was real. I'm like, what? So just like that, in one month, I'm now, you know, a resident of Canada, you know, temporary, you know, permanent resident of Canada. So had confirmation. So yeah, my application was like a month, yeah, oh. when I submitted. And the people that introduced me to it, my friend introduced me to it was like, I don't understand. I was stopping you to do this for months and you just came in and you, you, I'm now asking you questions about the process and how, and how, you know, you did your application and how fast it was for you. Um, funny, I even arrived, you know, before, you know, my friend and his family, but, you know, thankful to him for, you know, sharing the information she, with yeah. me and pushing me because at first I was doubting the system because it just felt too good to be true. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm like really just like that and you know it became real like so I had my visa and um you know at some at some point I was scared because that was when the reality hit me like oh you mean I'm going to like quit my job leave my family move to a country that I don't know anybody like I didn't know anybody here in Canada mm -hmm. so that's where reality set in for me and in 2018 I think April yeah, it was time because my visa was going to expire anyway. I had to, you know, kick fear in the butt and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. So moved here and, you know, it's been an amazing journey so far. Um, you know, I'm getting to Canada and settling in here. So how did you choose a province to land in? Hmm. Good question. I get this all the time. Um, choosing my uh, province where I was going to live in was um, very important for me being that, like I said, I don't, I don't know anybody here. Like I don't still did. I don't have any family member, right? In the entire so, Canada. Oh yeah. Blood relations. So um, it was paramount for me to choose somewhere that 
I could find community somewhere that I would also be able to cope and survive as a young single you know, woman in mm -hmm. a foreign country. So I, I, it took a while for me to uh, make that decision. I had, I, I had three choices, Toronto, Vancouver, and Calgary. Mm -hmm. um, I think with every immigrant as well, those are like the top three cities you wanna look at. Sometimes Calgary or Edmonton for some people, but Calgary always comes tops. And I was looking at several things, you know, like um, cost of living, um, accessibility to transportation, um, the kind of job as well that I wanted to work in, the kind of roles I was interested in, um, the people um, in those places, um, um, the taxes as well, housing. Um, those were the things that were important for me. And then, of course, um, the um, the mode of living. You know, what were how did the people go about their day to day? Because for me, um, for Toronto, it was just the hustle and bustle. I didn't just want that life. It was mm -hmm. I didn't want to live in a big city. That was what I didn't want to do. Um, and I wanted to live in a city where you know I could actually work and save my money. So Vancouver was just out of it because it was just too expensive. Um, for me, cost of living was just too high. And then um, once I decided to, you know, um, come to Calgary, I started connecting with people that live in Calgary. So I used LinkedIn as my major source of networking. So I started connecting with people um, on LinkedIn, right? You know, asking them questions, learning more about the community. And I realized there was, you know, there were a good number of Nigerians here. And, you know, that's, you know, um, you know, made me decide to come to Calgary and I have not regretted it one day. I've um, been able to move around different provinces here in Canada. I've, you know, work has taken me to Toronto for, um, you know, a couple of months and I was always looking forward to coming back to Calgary. Um, Calgary is home. Um, you know, my, my house is here, my home is here, my business is here. And I don't, you know, see myself um, living here anytime soon. It's a fantastic place to live. That's a great segue to the next question. How are you able to build a network? Because you're like a, you know, standard person to ask this question since you came yeah. to Canada without any yeah. friends, any yeah. family. I had one family. My family was in Calgary, but I didn't want to go to Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> I know Calgary for me. Vancouver called my name and I answered. Yeah. How are you able to build a relationship, whether professional and personal? Both, maybe answer for professional and then answer for personal relationships as well. Yeah. Um. Honestly, um. I would say build. I I kind of build both. I I build professional professional and personal at the same time. Um. Simply because um. I wanted to also make sure that the people in my professional network were people that. I could relate with, right? People that, you know, their experiences were relatable. They could understand where I was coming from. Um, so I used LinkedIn a lot for professional networks and a lot of those people became, you know, personal networks as well. LinkedIn was so, so helpful. So how are you doing that? For the LinkedIn, connecting with people. Yeah, yeah, how are you connecting with them on, yeah, LinkedIn is a very professional space. Yeah. How are you connecting with them uh, to a point where it could become personal? Like, um, one of the questions I've gotten on my YouTube channel is how do I make new, you know, new friends? Yeah. <laughs> so how, how did you use LinkedIn? Like, how did you reach out to, to someone on LinkedIn where it's like, they're comfortable also being personal friends with you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a journey, right? It, it starts somewhere and it starts with building that trust, you know, people 
have to know you, like you, and trust you. You know, you have a good profile, your manner of approach, what you say to them, how you relate with them matters. You know, do you compliment them? You know, do you, um, you know, do you uplift them as well? Because, I mean, I was connected with people who were where I wanted to be. So they had achieved a lot already. They'd been here for a while. And I had to acknowledge that. So acknowledging that, what they have achieved and what they've done, you know, gives them that sense of accomplishment and that sense of pride. And that's what, you know, everybody wants to feel, um, you know, that way. And then of course, find common ground with these people, find common ground. So I always connected with people who, you know, kind of share the same um, background. Maybe they're, maybe they're from Nigeria or they're Africans or they're immigrants, you know, you know, regardless of where they come from, uh, or they have the same sort of career path or journey, being that, you know, I studied accounting and I work in tech, you know, as a business analyst. So people who have that non-traditional background as well, people so who already- So would you go to, sorry, sorry, would you go to leadership? What so do you say? To, so would you go to their profile and then check out their- Of course, you should. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This person would be a good person to connect. Exactly. To. Oh, and then yeah. you send out an email like, hi, uh, okay, what if the person's uh, email isn't working? I guess you pay Please for the- messages, right? I just yeah. you know, message. I mean, I, I, I message a lot of people. Some people would not respond. You know, mm. some, you know, would be a lot more pleasant to- you know, to chat with some would yeah. be willing to take it offline. So my next point was, you know, being able to take those conversations offline, offline. right? Yeah, so, you came here before the pandemic. Yes, oh. I did come before the pandemic. <laughs> okay. So I was able to schedule coffee meetings with a couple of people, meeting up with them in person because it's different yeah. from chatting and then, you know, meeting in person, right? But even now you can do a quick Zoom call or Google yeah. or something or WhatsApp call, whatever, you know, it's still a way to build that connection. So yeah. um, the truth is, you know, they are, they, you know, they're immigrants too. So they also experienced that process of moving to a new city and all of that. And I was very vulnerable sharing my fears and saying, you know, I'm moving here all alone. And I just really want to talk to somebody, you know, as well. And you know, anyone with, you know, a human, you know, human right. mind, heart and conscience would want to talk to that person. Right. So um, having those conversations, some gave me their WhatsApp numbers. We took it off to WhatsApp or their phone numbers. We took it off to text message chatting um, and then politely asking to meet in person, you know, for a 20 minutes or 15 minute chat or something. So helpful. Yeah. And that's what you know, takes it beyond, um, you know, the professional um, yeah. network, because, of course, when we meet in person, we can talk more and get to know more about them, their families and all of that. And then also if you had mutual connections as well. So LinkedIn shows you if you have mutual connections with people, right? So say that person you maybe worked with, maybe you work with GT Bank. Oh, oh I see, oh, do you know, I see you're connected with Kemi. Oh, Kemi and I, you know, we went to the same okay. high school or we went to the same, um, you know, um, we went to, we took a training together and she's an amazing person. And, you know, things like that, you know, those are ways, or, you know, if you feel like, Kemi can also do an introduction on your behalf. Like I've had people do that. I never got anyone to do, okay. I finally got people to do that for me when I arrived, connecting me to people in companies when I was looking for a job. However, I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, Eno, um, you know, my cousin or my friend is moving to Canada and I would like to connect her with you. You know, at that point, this is somebody I know, like, and respect. I'm not going to say, oh no, please don't do that, right? I would give that person audience, have a chat with them. So that's something you can do too. So of course, that person probably looked 
at you know his or her LinkedIn connection so that you know that person, though probably not in Canada, was connected to me and leveraged you know his relationship with that person. That's, That's something you can do too. Then there's also these communities like you know Nigerians in Calgary, they have like WhatsApp groups or telegrams or whatever. That was another place too as well to connect with people who were you know about to land or just landed, things like that. And maybe even your church, like some churches have like their um, you know um, uh, branches or chapters here. You can connect with them. I remember emailing my pastor uh, for my church um, you know here in Calgary. And the reception I got was wonderful. His wife reached out to me, all of that. You know, I have friends too who reached out to their churches, like, you know, redeemed as well. And they organized, you know, a, a place for them. They picked them up from the airport. They have, um, you know, WhatsApp groups too as well for newcomers as well. People can pick you up at the airport, tell you the things you need to do. So all of that, it's building that relationship. And it starts with opening, opening up and asking and sharing and saying, you know, hey, I need your help. Can you help me? Yeah. That's very interesting. I connected with people on LinkedIn as well, but not, I think I got here during the pandemic. Okay. So um, a lot of people were telling me about this if a coffee meetup. It's mm-hmm. quite popular here in Canada. People yeah. are, most people are usually open to, to meeting up for coffee for yeah. like a session. And, you know, you can talk about their job if you, if you want to work in that field. And yeah. if you guys connect to a different level then you guys can exchange whatsapp number i have never like connected on a personal level mm. um with someone from linkedin so it's very interesting to hear you like describe <laughs> your process <Right>. most <laughs> of the people i meet with like oh yeah i joined nigerian in bc okay um i joined uh i'm just trying to think of people i met random like i meet random people anywhere i'm like I'm friendly yeah. like <laughs> i'm friendly like that so what about housing? Um, we're still going to get, um, hopefully we won't spend too long. We'll still get to the meat of the conversation, but wow. okay. <laughs> I still want to find out, you know, how you are able to settle in, in terms of finding mm. where to live. Since you didn't know anyone um, before coming to Canada, how were you able to find an apartment? Yeah, that was, you know, one of my fears too as well knowing I didn't you know I didn't know anybody here um luckily you know like I said I joined you know some of those whatsapp groups and those whatsapp groups you know comprise of people who were already here people who were processing their applications people had gotten their PR things like that so um you know it was great to learn from people who were already on ground people who were about to arrive and things like that so of course people would share you know I'm I'm arriving at this time you know I'm looking for a housemate and all of that so um, I met um, a couple of people who had shared, you know, that, you know, they were arriving, some arrived before me, some that were already here. So I spoke to a couple of people and let them know that I was going to be arriving, uh, you know, uh, you know, sometime in a couple of months. And I was looking to probably um, get an apartment before I arrived. I just wanted to be, you know, settled in. Um, so, you know, luckily for me, I met, um, you know, my first housemate through that group and you know she arrived before me and uh we got a place together so even before i'd arrived you know i i had paid out my rent so we paid out our rent in advance yeah paid out our rent in advance and uh we got a place so she was here and you know i just you know signed signed did everything online yes and nigerian as well okay yes yeah so that's how we went about 
uh, you know, with finding the accommodation. We were, you know, at least we saw a couple of places. I mean, uh, finding accommodation for new immigrants can be tough, being that some, uh, you know, pro properties, uh, property managers and properties have like, and landlords have like policies where, you know, they would only employ people who are already working. Employed, yeah. Pay sleep, your ID card, to be sure that you have a source of income Right, so that's always a struggle for new immigrants, being that they're new. They don't they don't give them a job at the airport, right? Mm -hmm. So they only stamp their confirmation of permanent residence. Um, so we had to pay rent in advance just to show that hey, we're not running away. So we paid our rent in advance. Like how many months rent in advance? Six months up. I see. Yeah. So six months up in advance, just so that we could get the apartment, mm -hmm. right? Um, so we're able to get, you know, this the, the townhouse and we paid six months in advance. But, you know, for me, you know, that was, you know, arriving and being able to, you know, go straight to my apartment where my room was all done, everything, because I had to settle, settle all of that, right? Um, it kind of helped me to be, um, to get that stability as fast as possible because by my second day in Canada, I was already going for interviews. <laughs> So, you know, I wasn't you now looking for, oh, I need to, because most times apartment search and all of that yeah. might take a while before you start thinking of, oh, let me start applying to jobs, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was really helpful for me. And that's why those communities are great to connect. I know people who met people, got those connections and had people, um, people who had friends here, their friends probably, you know, got a lease for them and maybe paid the deposits for them and signed up as their guarantors. I, you know, I, I also know people who connected with their local churches and their churches yeah. helped them to organize a place um, and all of that. So that's why it's great to build those connections. Don't just yeah. arrive. You know, some people, it's when they arrive, I get people reach out to me and they're already here. I'm like, wow, if you had reached out to me like three to six months before you arrived, I would have told you so many things that you would have done before you arrived because now starting the process now, especially like yeah. career-wise, just takes you back, right? Especially if it's a regulated profession, maybe you need to take some courses that you could have done online and, you know, or take some exams, things like that, right? So it's great to, you know, prepare for your arrival. Don't just say when I get there, no, everything is the plan figured out, like from the airport, everything that's happening to me, you know, where I'm going to stay, my how I'm going to move around, getting my SIN, you know, getting my health card, all of that needs to be sorted out getting the phone especially now that we um you know we're in the pandemic and you know people who come in have to quarantine and all of that they kind of have to have those things sorted exactly so it's not i think now more than ever the power of community is so so key so leverage power of community and you know they said um the closed mouth doesn't get fed right so i was never hesitant to share with anybody that you know i'm moving to canada you know all by myself i'm new here i tell people i'm new here you know yeah i had not too different an experience in terms of finding an apartment well mm -hmm. totally different because i i knew i was going to stay i booked an airbnb and i knew i was going to stay there for a couple of months mm -hmm. um i didn't know how they like i didn't ask anybody because most there are not many people here in vancouver from from nigeria most of the people that i you know that i like i knew like one or two people who had lived here they were trying to get me to not move here because of how expensive it supposedly is. Um, it's just one person, I think, or two people that I met that already lived here that encouraged me to come. So I didn't really 
have a plan in terms of housing. I just knew that I was going to come here, stay in an Airbnb and then figure it out. And then when I got here, they say, oh, you have to have a job <laughs> or pay like one, one year rent. And I'm like, who, how? Yeah. Well, who's your father? <laughs> <laughs> who has that type of money? Exactly. I know. I know. Sometimes <laughs> you have to negotiate, right? So ask for one year, one year rent and then negotiates all the way down. But still, I mean, it's a lot for an immigrant who's yeah. picking up all but, their life savings, yeah. different currency. By the time they convert it and pay all those bills, I mean, yeah. you're left with nothing. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I, I quickly had to get a job, but luckily I got a job quickly before. Um, yeah. So yeah, so were, you, were there any like immigra immigration uh, support programs that you participated in when you got here? Well, um, I got a job, you know, um, you know, real quickly in about maybe two weeks of uh, getting here. I didn't participate in any immigration program. Um, I visited the centers, you know, to learn about, you know, what offerings they had. Um, there are a couple of them here in Calgary. And of course, you know, if you're a member of all these um, immigration groups and all that, people share all that information. So, I mean, I went there to see, you know, if there were any programs that would be helpful for me to, you know, start my career and, you know, help if they could help me in any way. Um, but to my greatest surprise, um, there was really nothing for me there. Mm -hmm. um, being that I had already planned, um, you know, my arrival at, yeah. you know, I'd kind of sorted myself out with regards to my career. I knew what I wanted to do. Um, so when I met with one of the employment counselors in one of the immigration centers, she looked at my resume, said it was great. So she had no corrections to my resume. So they did have this um, settlement program. I think it was a six week or 12 week program. I can't remember where you would, they would think they'll be paying you as well. You would come in and learn about resume writing, job search, you know, um, etiquette and all of that, but I think I, um, I I wasn't I wasn't planning to come and you know start a an etiquette class or anything yeah. like that. Besides, my resume looked good. She had no corrections to my resume, and I already told her what I wanted to do. Funny how you know, you know she she wasn't she didn't en encourage me with regards to you know going ahead to get like to work as a business analyst and all of that. Um, she said she would send me some job um, you know adverts by email and I could take a look at that at them um talking about you know how to get my food in the door with any opportunity um maybe like as an admin or customer service things like that and she was sending me those jobs um sometimes she would even send me some warehouse jobs <laughs> you know um so but I think they're helpful for people who who there are people that actually benefit from it but I didn't participate in any immigration programs but I mean it's worth um, is worth, um, you know, going to visit them, learn about what they do. They have some specialized programs for like accounting. Like there was one of them that had a, a, an accounting program for women. If you wanted to start a career in accounting or upskill, they would teach you about how to use accounting softwares and Excel. There were some for um, like, if you want to go into engineering things, different things. So they all have different things that they do. So some are helpful. Um, some connect you to mentors. I reached out to one like that, but there was a long wait time for the mentorship program. So I didn't um, use that. And I just sought for my own mentors online, like on LinkedIn. And it was, way, it was way better for me because these were people that could really relate with my situation and could advise me 
better. Mm-hmm. So I did use any immigration programs, but I advise people to go check it out. Um, I mean, they gave me some vouchers that I could use to make some purchases. Um, you know, I think I, 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 I got one. I think I was supposed to get a couple, but I think I just I took it one time. But aside from that, um, no, I didn't. I didn't use any immigration programs. No. That's nice. I while I was waiting and job hunting, I I mm-hmm. went to a Tech Connect program, which is YWCA Tech Connect for okay. women, um, and it's a similar structure where they kind of put you through the job market in Canada. They give mm-hmm. you vouchers. You know, they they gave me uh, this uh, dress for success voucher where I could go mm-hmm. and shop. Yes, yes, I got that. That's the one I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm go and shop and got me got some gym memberships for me i'm like yes you know for a couple of months uh free transport free food like it was it was it was a good program i think for um even though i i got a job before it ended but it was still a good uh program to to get into and it was before the pandemic so it also helped me to kind of mingle with people outside outside my race outside uh you know the nigerian because mm-hmm. you know when you come to a new country like this you you're, you tend to move towards your what you're familiar with i agree oh yeah absolutely um i i definitely also wanted that too uh, but i was also you know because my career has you know and what my goal was to ensure that i get a business and like, this is where i've been and but i also realized that a lot of the people that i was talking to really nigerians you know it just seemed like unattainable to them simply mm-hmm. because they had been told so they had experienced that i had people you know, tell me that, you know, I shouldn't, you know, put my hopes into that. I should look for something, you know, where I can just start off. Exactly, you know, customer service, sales associate, you know, that kind of thing, admin, just start there. And even in the, my employment counselor told me the same thing, because it just seemed like, but um, I decided, you know what, I wanted to connect with people who are already doing all of that. So there's the International Institute of Business Analysis chapter in Calgary. So my first week here, you know, I went to their website, signed up as a member. I paid the annual fee. I think it was $30. I paid, saw that they had an event that week and I went there to, it was a, thank God it was a networking event. It was a mingle, evening mingle event. I went there, connected with everybody, printed business cards myself, um, you know, um, connected with everyone on LinkedIn, shared my card, business cards with them, talked to all of them, you know, asked if I could volunteer with them. And immediately I got that opportunity and I was able to mingle with people who are already working as business analysts in Calgary from different places and that sort of opened it up for you that you know it is possible and learn from them understand the market ask them questions right so I always tell you know new immigrants that you know connect and connect with people who are where you want to be people who are in your space your circle your circle really determines how far you would go and that's the truth right so that's something that I did and it was really helpful for me too yeah, so that's another great segue into the next uh, topic that I wanted us to talk about, like how you got your job. Because I think moving to a new country, community, settlement, like living, and then the job. In fact, I think the job comes first because that's what's going to kind of uh, pay your bills, right? So how did mm-hmm. you get your first job and how have you built a career now uh, to the point mm-hmm. where you're actually an, you've won awards for business analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you started your own online school, um, you started your own company. How, take us through like how you started 
to where you are now if, if yeah. you can break it down yeah. quickly for sure yes, i will try <laughs> okay so um to be honest um you know my first like my first interview here like i really flopped it i didn't really know that you know what the employer was really looking out oh, sorry, for did you get the job interview through linkedin or through indeed like how did you get that um I, honestly i was applying everywhere but um it was actually through direct application like applying on the company website okay right um so um my like my first interview um I didn't um, understand the Canadian interview structure. Of course, my first experience, I was really focusing on the hard skills and less on the soft skills. And I kind of flopped on questions here and there. I ended to you know, take a step back, right? Take a step back to, um, to really understand like, you know, wh what went wrong? How can I improve, you know, you know get a career coach, um, you know, invest in myself in career building resources, learning about, you know, how interviews work, you know, in Canada and the US, because I was also speaking to some companies in the US. So I improved myself and understood better how to, you know, communicate my value and carry myself in an interview. So you and got a was, career coach? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that changed the game. It's always great to invest in yourself. There's always yeah, something definitely. to learn, especially in a new environment, it's always yeah. something to learn. And there's people who know more than you. So, um, it's something we should constantly do. So I did, and you know he, um, you know he, he's great at what he does. So um, yeah, and like a business analyst, career coach, or no, no, no. This was just because I, you know, I needed to get a hang of the interview okay. and all of that, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah, and uh, and I, I, I improved. I got better, and I was able to, you know, get those jobs, but. What really has helped me so far in, you know, you know, landing my first job, changing jobs again, you know, getting other offers, you know, being able to teach at the University of Manitoba within eight months of being here, getting my first six-figure role in six months of being here, um, you know, all of that and other multiple opportunities is the fact that I needed to understand that I should leverage my soft skills. What is my soft skills are what really is going to drive you know, what's really going to drive home the fact that I can actually do the job. So your soft skills are so important, sometimes more important than the hard skills on any role, right? So that's something we as immigrants need to but understand. Someone that doesn't know what soft skill is. Yeah. So your soft skills are, you know, they're not the, they're the things that, you know, make you succeed on the role. They're not the actual things you would do, say, as an accountant, like preparing the balance sheets, doing the reconciliations preparing the cash book or the journals, right? Um, you know, making sure that the receipts tally with the invoices. That, those are hard skills. The soft skills are your communication skills, adaptability, interpersonal skills, mm -hmm. leadership, creative thinking, problem solving, right? Facilitating sessions, negotiating, influencing, right? Those are your soft skills, right? Your verbal and written communication skills, right? You know, you've been able to um, converse with people and adapt to their communication styles. Right, all of that are your soft skills, and that is what you need to harness, you know, as you're going into that role. So learning that was sort of a game changer for me because you know I already had the hard skills like business analysis skills, I had the certifications or whatever that was required. But what would make you stand out, knowing that you're also, you know, your, um, you know, your experience is foreign and. The employer, you know, might not know the company you worked at, you know, maybe it might be the largest company in your country, 
right? They don't know that. They don't know that you worked on multi, you know, on a project that was across multiple uh, countries in Africa. They probably don't know those African countries, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to use your soft skills to, um, you know, to communicate effectively, to communicate the value. So that's what you need to learn. So learning that is what has been the game changer for me to, um, you know, get land the first job and, you know, multiple rules after. And, you know, those are part of the things that I also teach people that I coach at business analysis school, you know, because a lot of people, especially we immigrants, we're so focused on, oh, I want to learn this tool and that tool. Maybe if I know how to use this tool, then, you know, I'll get the job. Well, that's not true, right? Um, because in the hiring manager is looking out for those soft skills because you can always learn the tool. You would use it on the job and you get better at it. You will learn that on the job. But the soft skills are not things he can teach you. He can't teach you how to be a great communicator. He can't teach you how to know how to resolve conflicts in your team or how to manage your time, you know, or how to adapt to the communication style of all the different people you're going to work with in your team. Canada is so multicultural, you know, on your team, you would have people from Asia, from Africa, indigenous people, work with people from the US, people from Mexico, you know, you know, all around East India. So, you know, it's so multicultural and you need to be able to adapt to different communication styles and, you know, be a cultural fit, right? So those are the things that a manager is really looking for when they're about to hire you. So those are kind of the things, kind of things that I sort of reiterate and teach and coach people on how to, you know, leverage their soft skills and um, understand how to communicate their foreign experience in a way that it shows value to the hiring manager. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, so um, to reiterate what you said, your soft skills is literally, you had to develop your soft skills yeah. in the past two and a half years or three yeah. years. Yeah. Um, and that was what got you from your first job to your second job. Yeah. Can you give me maybe one specific example as, uh, you know, like, let's say you're working your first job right now and you see another opportunity uh, for your, for the second job. How was the, how did the soft skill come into play? You can just remember yeah. that scenario or, or <laughs> any scenario, because I guess maybe that might be too far back, but. No, no, I can definitely give you an example. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, you know, when we have, you know, foreign um, skills and experience, right? Um, we need to be able to use the soft skills to show the hiring manager that we do, um, you know, have what it takes, you know, to be on that role. We, um, you know, we have those competences, right? Um, so for example, you know, in, back in Nigeria, I worked in a bank and, you know, the bank has, you know, over 250 branches. It was, you know, it's a, it's a big bank. And um, I was going to be working on a project and from my understanding during the interview, I, I was going to be working with a client who was also a financial institution, right? And it was a smaller financial institution, you know, in the sense that they had like maybe 20 branches, right? So, you know, I saw that as an opportunity to communicate my, you know, my, my, you know, um, my, my um, experience working with large teams, right? Okay. Communicating that and explaining to her, you know, this is where I worked at. This is how big the bank is. This is, you know, how much the bank does as annual revenue. This is the size of our branches, the size of the teams I've worked with. And, you know, I'm, you know, from what you, you know, said to me, you know, this is the same kind of project I've worked on, 
right? And, you know, being that I have experience working with even a larger team than they have, experience working with more branches than they have, experience working on longer, you know, um, longer, tighter projects than this, I believe that I've already been built for this, right? I already have what it takes. I've expanded myself, you know, so much that this would uh, be a piece of cake. So being able to ex express myself in that way and show those skills that, you know, would make me, um, you know, would make me the best for that role is so important, right? And then also as a, an immigrant, we need to understand that some things that we say, maybe some words that we use back home will be different from what they're called here. So doing your research and understanding that, you know, you know, you can't, you want to, um, you want to say, well, on my resume, you would see um, this. However, it means this, this is what it is here in Canada. So this is what I did. Say, for example, you know, back in Nigeria, I would say relationship manager for, you know, your um, financial services representative would be like relationship manager, some call, some call them marketer, you know, that kind of thing. But here is a financial services representative. So you want to make sure that you explain to them that that is what you were doing on that role. Right, you know, and then look at the skills required for that financial services representative and make sure that you align that to what you did as a relationship manager, talking about, you know, working with clients, advising them on the best um, products that the bank has, um, you know, assisting them, supporting them, customer support, ensuring that their investment portfolios, you know, are, you know, are up to date, giving them feedback, you know, whatever that role requires, making sure you tie it and align it together, you know, talking about what the bank, products the bank offers, right, um, you know, aligning that to also the experience you also have um, as well from back home, because the truth is a lot of the products are still sort of similar. Mm -hmm. So all those are your, that's how you can leverage your soft skills too to um you know to get how those roles the differences exactly, what was, exactly. What here and how it's relevant exactly. Exactly. yeah because my first the first interview i did um i went for the interview um the feedback i got was that i should while i'm speaking about myself i should i should say how what i'm saying is going to benefit the company mm -hmm. so even though i'm talking about myself even though i know how to communicate you know exactly still related to the job that you're, exactly. uh, you're doing. I did get that job. That was my first interview and I did get the job, but <laughs> luckily they still, I, I'm not sure whether I did that, but I still got that feedback. Yeah. This is very, very, very interesting chat that we're having. Um, yeah. How would you say, I mean, there's all these, uh, in fact, I don't even know. I wanna, this is one question that I have written out here, but uh, you know, how has your life changed? since moving here, um, I'll allow you to answer that though, even though there's like paper trail, but I'll allow you to answer <laughs> on a personal level mm. and on a um, professional level. How has your Absolutely. life? Ooh. Wow, my life has definitely changed a lot moving to Canada. Uh, I'll say it's one of the best decisions I made after deciding to start a career in business analysis because business analysis first changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, giving me a career path that got me that fulfillment, knowing that you know I, I could leverage the soft skills that I already had, being a great communicator, loving to solve problems. I found the perfect career path for me. And then coming to Canada, where the role of the business analyst is you know, greatly appreciated, where there are so many opportunities for me, it even helped me to skyrocket my career, basically. Um, but definitely some things that I know that, you know, 
Kanda has helped me to do is expand myself. Like there's some things I do now that I never knew that I could do. Like I single-handedly started my own company okay. um, as well. Um, ran the operations, you know, single-handedly for um, a while before I, you know, I started hiring and got a team, um, taking on leadership positions um, as well. Um, and then it's kind of helped me with, I used to be so scared of public speaking, <laughs> so surprisingly, um, but I've done so much speaking right now that it's become like second nature. Like I don't have to, um, you know, prepare or anything. I have different speaking topics, you know, and I get every other month, you know, I have several speaking engagements, you know, um, in different places around the world. You know, Canada has also given me the opportunities that I would, um, you know, would never have gotten, you know, um, back home, uh, being that, you know, there was, there was always that, you know, the hierarchy, the nepotism and all of that, you know, I've never had to, sexism, exactly, I never have to lobby for anything, um, so it's definitely changed my life and giving me that opportunity to blossom, I think with Kada, it's just the fact that, Today, I can choose to do anything else and that's still fine. I can choose to like turn around my career and say, you know what, I want to go back to, I want to study nursing, I want to yeah. become a nurse or I want to become an engineer, right? You know, I could choose to do any, or I want to be an entrepreneur and I go and get a grant or a loan and start the business. I, I can do anything. So it's just made me expand and know that anything is possible. Um, and, you know, just so, so many opportunities and I'm, I'm super, super grateful. Um, that um, I took that opportunity when I could. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you not only took the opportunity, but you're also making the best out of it, which is what um, this podcast is supposed to really uh, do. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to see Nigerians come here and and stay in one mm -hmm. corner, or mm -hmm. not just Nigerians, like any immigrant coming here. I want them yeah. to, because most of us come here because we know we have what offered the world. Mm -hmm. um, why stay in the corner when you get here, when you're in a place where those opportunities Absolutely. are. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm glad that you're taking every single flower that, <laughs> that has been, um, what about, well, what about on a personal level? Have you, uh, what about on a personal level? How would you say it has made you a change on a personal level? Um, definitely on a personal level, it has changed me because um, a lot of personal ambitions that I had I have already achieved them and even looking to um, do way more, right? Um, the things that, you know, were like 10 year plans and all of that have happened in just about three years. Um, you know, being able to fulfill my own personal purpose, which has been impacting the world, um, being able to um, go back to my true love and passion, which is education, mm. is something that I could do on a large scale you know, thought, you know, over 20,000 people, you know, right now, you know, through our trainings and impacting the world in a bigger way. And that is what makes me happy. Like, that's my joy. And even though I get all these awards for it, you know, that's what makes me happy. Like, I wake up every morning happy and excited to help somebody impact their lives, you know, change their situation, use my skills and my knowledge and, you know, guide them on how they can do it. So it's definitely changed my life on the personal level. And, you know, I can't complain with regards to, you know, what I have achieved personally with regards to um, my own assets um, as well. And also my own personal journey, like my own personal growth has been immense. Sometimes I look back at myself, I'm like, 
you know, I used to really this person. I'm not like I'm just such a different person now. Yeah. So Bolder. it's really helped. yeah, exactly. Like More expressive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You get what I mean, right? Yeah. So you know, I used to be this person who was, you know, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I was always, you know, expressive. I would talk, but you know, not like back home. There was still that, you know. But here is just so different, and you know, I just see myself as um you know someone who um is here for a reason like i'm just here on earth at this time for a reason and you know sort of like leading the pack and paving the way for other people to say yes you too can do it like it's not it's not um it's not unattainable it is attainable i'm just helping her who say i could do it you can do it too and even do better okay okay so can you tell us about how did you start your company the school and mm-hmm what does it do because um i know that it helps people who aren't uh tech inclined to yeah. get into business analyst roles yeah um, and i know that the target is newcomers to canada or people who can't uh, find a job in their specific mm-hmm. fields so can you tell us how you started the school and um what the school offers sure thank you um so um, the school started as, you know, a small community WhatsApp group of um, people, you know, who, um, we, you know, reached out to me and say, hey, we want you to coach us and teach us on how, you know, you've, you know, how you've done is we want to work with you. We want to pay you to teach us to help, you know, because I was already doing this volunteering. We created that community, um, you know, a couple of months after I got here and we used to have like this monthly mentoring sessions and all of that. <clears throat> and that's how it started. So we started with, you know, um, a few people teaching them and coaching them on how to leverage their skills to get into business analysis, you know, working in and a lot of them getting the job, getting job opportunities in different sectors, aviation, banking, technology, healthcare, you know, as business analysts, leveraging their foreign degree, you know, you know, you know, foreign degree, foreign experience that all of that doesn't matter. And, you know, it, it just seemed like, you know, my experience and my life was just an expression of the fact that, you know, what, what you thought was unattainable is very attainable. And, you know, coaching and guiding them through the same strategies that I used, they were getting the same results. So it just became like a repeatable process, right? Like, you know, like a blueprint and just follow these steps, like do all of these things, you get the end results. So it became something that we started doing you know, um, in groups, and it just grew bigger. And then uh, a couple months after I launched the accelerator program, this nice accelerator program, and, you know, we had, um, you know, more students come in, and then we started putting a lot more structure to it, we stopped where we moved out of, you know, just um, the WhatsApp and, and Google Meet and Google Drive, that's where we're doing classes and all of that. Um, I moved into a, you know, better structured um, system and it's just really grown from there that right now you know we're now serving clients in you know um in different countries right all the way to far australia you know india ghana nigeria um you know dublin ireland you know us canada uk um you know so many places that some i don't even know or remember just because we've grown so much um and you know so the business analysis who came about because you know there was that need to now serve the world, you know, not just you know um, immigrants in Calgary or Canada, uh, you know, or the U.S. again, but it was just it became um, 
became a blueprint for you know any professional who wanted to start a career you know in business analysis you know getting into tech you know, as a business analyst scrum master product owner product manager all of that where um you know where um where you know you can leverage your own skills your own experience you know you don't need anything more than what you already have than you know going back to school to get a degree and all of that so that's how the business analysis was started and you know, so anyone who's interested in business analysis can go to businessanalysisschool.com. Uh, one word, businessanalysisschool.com. We have um, free training there. You can take the free training, learn more about business analysis and decide if it's a path for you or not. If it's a path for you, then, you know, contact us, reach out to us. Um, you know, we have our chat support. We have our emails, everything on the website, um, you know, and then, you know, you can enroll in our program. So we have the accelerator program for people who want to start the career and business analysis you already have some experience you can leverage get into business analysis upskill we have the thought leadership um in our circle mastermind and that's for you know professionals who want to move into leadership um as well so you can join the mastermind so that's what we offer that's how we started and you know we're growing bigger you know our goal is to have you know physical presence in other countries very soon nice thank you for <laughs> thank you for uh, taking the time. I'm trying to think of any other question. Because okay. <laughs> this has been very interesting and very insightful. Um, yeah. if, you could, if you could say one thing to not just immigrants that are still looking to come here, but immigrants that are already here that um, want to you know, live an above average life here yeah. in Canada, if you say one thing to them, what would you say to immigrants looking to come to canada you know immigrants whether you're still looking to come oh, to canada okay. or whether you're here already but okay. you know that you want to live an above average life here yeah you don't want to come here and chill you don't want to come here and do a warehouse job you want to come here and start excelling I mean, what yeah. is the one thing i would say to someone like that yeah absolutely the one thing i would say is um, you know, have a positive mindset, knowing what you want to do, stick to what you want to do. Don't, um, you know, don't allow um, external influences to change because that almost, you know, happened to me with people around me. Don't allow external influences to affect, you know, your goal and your career. Have a goal, you know, have a plan and then arrive prepared. So prepare for your arrival. Don't just, if you're moving, you know, make sure you have a plan, you know, so you know how you're going to achieve it. If you're already here, connect with the right people you've you know you've heard everything that connect with the right people that would guide you you know in that path and you know just believe in yourself you know you have the value it's all in you but um you know you just need to you know harness it bring it out <laughs> thank you very much this has been a very interesting session all right um you know, watching out for you and your business analysis school. Thank you. Waiting for the book. I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I know here already. Said it. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, for looking sure. forward to all the great things that you're going to do. Um, Thank you. You're ever in Vancouver. Holler. All right. <laughs> for sure. Coffee together or something. <laughs> that would be fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver is a very fun place to be, and that's why yeah. I'm more about the fun. I think. Yeah, oh. I mean that's good too. That's cool, right? You know, um, you know, as long as you're, you know, you're happy. You yeah. Know, as long as you're happy yeah. with who you are, that's what matters. Yeah. 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 
So when you come, I'll show you around and we'll grab coffee somewhere. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Take care.